Hi, I'm Jackie Tantillo, and this is Should Have Listened to My Mother. Thank you for joining me. Before I introduce my guest, I wanted you to know that this episode of Should Have Listened to My Mother contains some graphic content that may be offensive to some of my listeners. However, there's also some very uplifting and optimistic topics that we are going to be covering. So don't just think it's all going to be doom and gloom. <laughs> By no means the imagination is that. That's for, couldn't be further from the truth. We've spoken in past episodes about letting our past define us. I'm talking about repeating behavior from generation to generation. My guest's childhood was full of terror and abuse, mainly from her father. She lived with this fear until she moved out at 30 years old. But what role did her mother play in all of this? And what significant events helped her turn her life around for good? On her podcast, Breast Cancer Hero's Journey, Grace speaks to women about breast cancer and overcoming this in your life how to have a fulfilling life with or after breast cancer. So I'm really excited to mix lessons learned with an optimistic future. Grace Angeli, welcome to Should Have Listened to My Mother. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. And in case you can't figure out where Grace is from, she's joining us from Australia via Zoom. So it's really exciting to have you aboard. Thank you so much. I, I hope my accent doesn't sound too masculine. Sometimes it can. <laughs> no, 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 not at all, not at all. Let's explain your last name. D'Angeli is absolutely beautiful. You are mm -hmm. Italian-Australian, but you that married a gentleman who is Italian-Italian. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Funny story about that is, uh, you know, uh, like you said, I was, I'm what we considered first-generation Australians. So both my parents migrated from Italy, from the south of Italy, when they were both very young. They didn't know each other. They met here in Australia. Uh, but, yeah, years later, obviously, um, uh, I meet my husband and I, I would always say to my mother, I'm never going to marry an Italian. And, you know, and when I said, to her I met someone she's like oh well they say if you spit in the air it falls back in your face uh, but what I meant by that is I didn't want to marry an Australian Italian <laughs> you know someone like me because um you know, the thing is, it's it, it, most, I would say a, a, a very large number of, you know, Australian Italians have not even stepped foot in Italy, but consider themselves Italian. And it's like, you've got it all wrong. Uh, when I met my husband, obviously, that's when I knew, well, that's what a real Italian is um, and not this pretend Australian Italian. So that was quite funny. So, yes, I, and he's from the north of Italy. So, um, yeah, so, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, and we met you know, uh, 21 years ago now. He plays a significant role in your transition, your recovery from your past, right? Absolutely, absolutely. When I met my husband, um, you know, they say, why why do you meet someone? What's happening in your life? And, and at the time, like you explained in the introduction, um, I was in a, a, a family that was very abusive. My father would beat me most of the time, if not all the time. And I remember being in my bedroom, like we're talking the ages of 28, 29, crying, please, I just want to find someone that's going to make me happy. And, uh, you know, the internet first started and everything like that and everyone was getting super excited because we can meet people from around the world. And that's when I met my husband. And from the moment we connected online, for me, it was like I had 
known him my whole life. So, uh, and what it was is he was going through his transition. So his transition was about being tough exterior, being someone that didn't care, didn't love. Yet I saw those qualities in him. And in return, he saw the qualities of me that he's thinking, you're a pushover, you're someone you're going to be stepped over. And so he allowed me to find the courage within. And in return, I allowed him to see the love within himself. So that's where it all sort of, you know, sort of started from there. So, you know, I know it sounds like a cliche when you say the good, you know, good girl, bad boy thing, but it was that. So he allowed me to understand what was happening in my, in my life was not correct. You know, he didn't make me become abusive or, you know, physically or mentally or emotionally. He just made me understand that this wasn't going to get me far in life if I continued this path. And in actual fact, you know, at the age of 21, um, I was contemplating suicide. So a lot was going on when I first met him and, um, you know, I'd never been exposed to the world. I was secluded from everywhere. Uh, It was like he opened Pandora's box and lo and behold, it wasn't, you know, sunshine and rainbows. It was actually the opposite. Uh, I didn't know what life was. Here I am at the age of 30 years old and I had no idea about life. So absolutely, to this day, he still plays a major role in my life. He's one of Uh, your angels. (laughs) He is my angel. Like his surname, Deangeli means the angels of. And as I was explaining, I took his surname. When I say he took his surname, I took his surname for my own business uh, name (laughs) prior to us even getting married or, you know, becoming... um, you know, a, 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 a couple, you know, a, so we, that was, that's what he was. He is, and he was, and it was quite interesting because I still have a picture to this day where he drew my name with feathers of angels all around it. And he has no idea why he did that yet. How he had no idea that I took the name for my company, the angels of grace. So you do meet people in your life for a reason, some for a season, but some for long-term. And he's definitely something that I'm connected to on a spiritual level, for for sure. So now we've set things up so people get an idea Mm -hmm. of what's coming. I'd like to talk about your mom now. Could you please tell us your mom's name? Absolutely. So we have a reference. Yeah, my mom's name was Rosa. So, um, yeah, so my mom, as I said, she was she was born in a family of nine children. She came from down south of Italy. She migrated to Australia when she was 15 years old. Yeah. And what? made her stay with an abusive man? You know, uh, a lot of people don't understand the cultures. See, uh, I'm not sure if it happened in America. When when, when a lot of Italians came out to Australia, what they did is they brought the what we call the old Italy, the cultures, the respect, the integrity, the morals and everything else of an old Italy. Had they gone back, you know, 20 years later or 30 years later, they would have seen it was completely changed. So in that culture, you marry, you don't divorce. So my father, you know, his name was Alfredo. Um, he came from a background that wasn't uh, pretty either. He lost both his parents when he was five years old and he was pretty much orphaned um, most of his life. And he was sent from house to house to house where he, you know, copped a lot of abuse. He copped a lot of physical abuse. People would beat him and things like that. So I guess when you look at that and you sort of go, well, this is, he did the best he could with what he had. Uh, my mother didn't come from an abusive family, but she came from a very stern family where once you make your bed, you lay in it. So why did she stay with an abusive husband? 
I believe, um, <clears throat> without a doubt, my mother stayed because the options were you either stay or you die. And what I mean by you die, uh, again, this is my father who uh, I speak openly about this because it's not an open wound, it's a scar. My father was very much a threatening man. So he would threaten you. You leave the house, I'll kill you. You walk out of this house, I'll kill you. You think you're going to leave me one day, I'll kill you. Um, so even though they were words, they were very much ingrained into my mother's head. So that's why my mother never, you know, like she never left. She had, uh, you know, and I know it sounds horrible when I say this, but had my mother passed away after my father, she would have lived a fulfilled life. But my mother didn't live a fulfilled life. My mother lived a secluded life. She was secluded by her family in the sense my father wouldn't allow her to visit family. He was always your family doesn't know what's best for you. He was sort of like when I think back about it, you know, he, you could call him a narcissist in a way. You know, it was all about him and, and what he wanted. So you can understand where my mother didn't, you know, she was a woman who wanted to do the right thing. She wanted, you know, Rosa wanted to do the right thing by her culture, by her family. She wanted to be a respectful mother. She wanted to be a respectful wife. So she did whatever she felt was necessary. And if it meant you know, that her children were abused and she couldn't talk up. That was one of them because she feared her own life as well. Okay. So, so I want you to, this is a yeah. lot. There's a couple <laughs> of things. So just so, and I, and I know this is a very difficult, complicated discussion, but for anyone who's listening and, and is in a similar situation to your mom, I believe that you have options. One has options to get out of this relationship. And I agree with you in today's time. Yeah, I totally, just so we're clear yeah. on if anyone out there Correct. is listening, Absolute. I do not condone this type of abusive behavior. It is not okay to stay in an abusive relationship. And again, that's easy for me to say because I'm not the one, the victim. Mm -hmm. But for a mother to watch her, do you have siblings? Yes, I do. I have three sisters, two older, one younger. Were you all abused? Uh, pretty much, no, my, myself and my younger sister the most. It, that must have been very painful for your mother to, to see that and to watch it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. she never protected you guys? No, because like, you know, uh, and, and I agree with you. Yes, in today's day, you, you know, it's so much options. But back then, this is a woman who, you know, both my parents were in pensioners, which is, you know, uh, where you don't work. The, the, you know, you get social security money. Um, how you would say in America. Um, so she's someone who thinks if I leave my husband with the children, he'll either kill me or I'll end up homeless and things like that. So that is why her options weren't, she believed in those options. She believed that there was no other choice. Why she would stay and watch us, it's not because she wanted to, it's because if the moment she would bark up herself, the moment she would step up for us, she would also be a victim of abuse as well. You know, I've I watched my father beat my mother as well, you know, to the point where she wanted to commit suicide so many times herself. Um, but, you know, the thing is, it was it was a horrible it was a very controlling relationship. And I know for someone outside thinks, oh, you know, hell no. If he, if he lifted his hands once. Yeah, absolutely. My husband never lifted a hand once. That would have been two times, the first and last time. But, you know, we're talking about someone who this was like. This was the norm back then, you know, and, and this That's is why she, she didn't. This is all she Yeah, knew. absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. She did the best she could with what she had, and May that were her options at the time. 
may I ask, um, our, our, your, young, your youngest sister, is she in a healthy relationship? My youngest sister is in a healthy I'll say that again. My youngest sister is in a healthy relationship. But having said that, my youngest sister suffers a lot of anger, a lot of anger. And as much as she doesn't want to bring it into her relationship, she's been told by her partner, excuse me, she's been told by her partner that many times that she has to get help because of her anger. So she holds a lot of anger towards my parents, a lot of anger, whereas I've done a lot of healing, like so much healing, and there's still more to go, but I've done a lot of healing. So I don't have any anger towards them like she does, yeah. So your mom was very good at keeping a good house and making sure the meals were prepared and and on time and everything was in order so he your dad wouldn't have a reason to to get angry. You know, uh, it, you say that and it brings back so many memories because exactly what you just said. She would do everything by the books. She would prepare the meals. She would make sure her house was in order. She would make sure that everything was spotless and clean and and he didn't need anything. Yet the moment you said that, you know, deal, you know, making the meals, there were many times, and I say this many, many times where God forbid if there was not enough salt or if the food was a little bit uh, too hot, my father would make the whole table turn upside down after my mother just finished cleaning, I mean, sorry, cooking. So he was very much, he would take the whole food and throw it out in the garden after she spent hours cooking because it wasn't enough salt or it was too hot or it was too cold. It wasn't right for him. Um, So that's what she had to put up with as well. Absolutely. She was on her tiptoes all the time, sneaking and making in fear. Mm-hmm, wow. mm-hmm. And they were yep, married yep. for how long? They were married. Okay, that's okay. You got me there. Um, <laughs> or how old well, were they married? How old were they yeah, when they got well, married? My, yeah, when they got married, my mum was the age of 22 years old. So, And then my mother passed away at the age of 68, 69. Okay. 68. So my mother was 68 when she passed away. So we're talking 40, 46 years at that stage that they were married. I know that you, in based on what you wrote to me, you said that, that you've forgiven both of your parents. Is that yeah. correct? Because you've been able to Absolutely. move on. So what is yes. something you would say to your mom today? What, you know, mm. if she was here? I would, I, I would. Definitely said to my mum, I loved you unconditionally and I understand. I understand what you were going through and you're very brave. You're very brave because, excuse me, uh, you're very brave because you, you managed to still raise four children and you were... You're an amazing woman because that takes strength because not once, even though you did want to take your life, you never did because you knew the consequences of leaving us behind. You knew that that our father would probably have killed us had you left us um, because he, wanted, he didn't want to be burdened with four children knowing that his wife shamelessly took her own life. So I would have said to her, thank you for having so much courage, so much patience, um, to endure what you did. You were a lot stronger and a lot wiser uh, that you let on. 
Absolutely. This is tough stuff. Like you said, it isn't always just so easy to run away, to get out. And it took a lot for her to stay there, as traditional as it was and all that. And it wasn't the norm to get up and leave. Like you say, it it wasn't easy yes. for her either. And when I look back on that, uh, my mother did die of uterine cancer. She had breast cancer and uterine. Within 12 months, she was diagnosed with both. Um, so we don't know which came first, but most likely uterine cancer. And when my mother passed away, and I know this is going to sound horrible to the viewers, and I really want you to understand what I mean by this. My mother gave up living because she must have thought, oh, do I want to live another 20 years with an abusive man? No, I'm going to check out. So that's why she gave up at the end. I truly, truly believe had my mother being diagnosed with uterine cancer or breast cancer today after my father passed away, it would have been totally different. She would have held on. She would have fought hard. But the thing was why it's like, you know, and I want people to understand where I'm coming from. This is obviously my opinion and her daughter, but why go through one sickness only to get better and live in another sickness for the rest of your life? You know, that's, right. that's she, how I see that. As you said, if your father had already passed, then she would have maybe, perhaps, hopefully fought really hard to stay alive so she could have a good life with her children. Absolutely. Had your Absolutely. dad passed. Yeah. That's unfortunate that she it is. didn't get that opportunity. Oh, but mm-hmm. I believe that she's having, a, she's free. <laughs> she's she is. Free she is. <laughs> now, and she's Absolutely. very close by. <laughs> yes. Oh, always, always. When I got diagnosed myself, I knew that moment um, I was diagnosed with cancer. I knew it was my mother who, um, who allowed me to get diagnosed early. I knew, you know, she would have been nuts. Nah, you need to go and get checked ASAP, Grace. I'm not having this to you. What I mean by that, she didn't want me to have it, but it's like she warned me, you know, um, and I believe she was, she's, she still is with me. But those moments when I got told those three words, you have cancer, I remember the first thing I said was, I'm so sorry, mum, you know, because I knew it would have broken her heart. She would have done anything and everything. And she did to the point when she was in palliative care, she begged the doctors to take a blood test to make sure that we weren't into the the BRCA, you know, it wasn't genetic. Uh So it passed down to all the the children. Correct, correct, yeah. So how how is it, may I ask, that Mm -hmm. you are so different from your mom in a way? Or could you please explain your similarities and your differences? Well, I am very much like my mother in the sense, if you look at my body type, if you look at my features and everything, even to my nails and my feet, um, I have everything of my mother. So growing up, seeing what she went through um, and people saying to me, you're going to be exactly like your mother. That's what the, that was my wake up call. It's like, oh no, I'm not, I'm not going to be like my mother. So that's what made me realize that I ain't going to be like her. I'm not going to be in a relationship. I would rather be alone than in a relationship with an abusive man. I'd rather have nothing than everything and be miserable in my life. So 
it's not that I didn't want to be her. I wanted all her good qualities, which I got. I'm a very loving person. I always, you know, put on um, meals and prepare for people. I love doing that. That's how I find happiness and love, by, by expressing my love through food, through gatherings, things like that. So I took all of that from her. I took her morals, you know, as well. But what I realized is if I went down the same path as my mother did, I would be sick and I would die from a disease like she did. So that's when I thought, I can't have these qualities that you have, mum. I have to change. I have to start looking after myself. My mother wasn't one that would exercise or, you know, eat properly, things like that. She wasn't uh, overly obese, but she wasn't slim either. Um, whereas I, you know, I'm not obese, but I'm not slim, but I'm healthy. I, I look after myself. I I go and dive into the ocean at six o'clock in the morning when it's freezing cold. Wow, I do all good of these for you. Things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know what I mean? And it takes all of this stuff to do, but it's my way of healing my mind, my spirit. So I knew that my mother never did that because, I, I mean, we're talking about somewhat who was born in the 40s, you know, what would they know about your spirituality and things like that and your emotions? They were told to suppress all of that. So I I knew the, my, the moment my mother passed away, I remember turning to my husband and I said, I will never, ever be like my mother. And that was the moment I changed my life myself and I thought, no way, I ain't, I'm not going out like she did. We're, where she was miserable to the end. She was miserable. When I say miserable, she was sad. She was so hurt that she was let down by her husband that I thought, I, I don't want that. So that's when I started to heal myself. I, you know, as much as I want to, it's their fault. I don't, I don't blame my parents. I actually thank my parents for who I am today. It's made me the strong woman I am today. It's made me sit up straight and take notice when things aren't right, um, things like that, you know. And I remember once I moved out of home and my mother had passed away, I remember sitting opposite from my father and thinking, you can't hurt me now. You know, you can't do anything to me now. You can't hurt mum and you can't hurt me anymore. So that was the biggest lesson is I knew that, I took so much from her. I do. I look, like I was saying to my sisters, just look down at your hands. Mum is always with you. I look at my hands and I know she's part of me. Um, but I know that I wasn't going to get the abusive side from that. You know, I knew I was going to get her strength. I was going to live through her strength that she had, through her courage. Uh, and that's what I've done. So... I think it's that was the biggest lesson. Miraculous how you have a transition because it doesn't always turn out that way. Um, she sounds remarkable, and it's so unfortunate mm. that she never had on in this lifetime that she didn't have the opportunity to really blossom and grow and be happy. And did she ever have music on? Did she love art other than cooking and the fear for your dad? Did she ever celebrate life? Very, very rarely. You know, it's really sad because when mum passed away, to find a photo of my mother smiling was really, really hard. That's that's the honest truth. Um, so she hardly celebrated. But, you know, she was. She loved music. She used to – my mother was a, a – um, 
I'm not sure what you call the proper term, but someone who sews clothing for companies. Um, and she would be out in her little room sewing and she would love her daytime TV, love her uh, Young and the Restless and oh. Days of Our Lives. <laughs> so Papa. Yes. Uh, yes, she loved them. She would sit out and my mother loved coffee. When I say my mother loved coffee, I think when my mother passed away, some manufacturer lost a lot of money because my mum was supporting them because um, she she loved her coffee. So she would always sit there and she would tell us to put on her TV and she'd be, put up the volume because obviously the sewing machine was loud Blood. and oh, she would be like, oh, and then you would you would watch her through the kitchen window and there she is just paralyzed watching you know the young and the restless or or one of those shows going oh i can't believe that just happened you know and oh and i love that children thought. we yeah. never understood it we're <laughs> like what is she talking about it's like we looked at it like tv show but my mother was like this is life and death this is what's <laughs> going to happen to this poor girl um so they were beautiful oh they were beautiful my you know that were the beautiful moments and and things like that and 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 i guess towards my mother told me she loved me five years before she passed so that was the first time my mother ever said the words i love you wow um, really and I, yeah Yes, yes. Why do you think that yes. is? Because she was diagnosed with cancer at the time. But your whole life she never told you. My she... whole life, never, oh, never. I'm sorry. And I remember feeling, yeah, but I remember feeling part of me felt resented, like part of me felt like, oh, what you're telling me now? But this is the magic of having someone in your corner. And, and what I mean by that is my husband, I remember my husband Rodolfo said to me, Grace, I need you. The moment she was diagnosed, he said, I need you to look at this. Don't turn your face. You need to look at this. And I remember everything she would say to me, I cherished. I guess that's everything. all that matters, right? It doesn't matter Correct. the past. She said it. Correct. You, you heard it from Abs her. What? A, that's yes. an absolute gift. That is a gift. Yep. Absolutely. Doesn't Abs matter. And I spent, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I used to travel four hours um, with her a day when she would do radiation for 15 minutes. And those four hours for months, we're talking almost six months, if not probably eight, um, they were the, they, they were, they were priceless. They were priceless. I would, I would not swap anything for those moments because that was when I was really, even though my father was in the car and we couldn't really talk, but they were the moments that I really cherished with my mother. They were the moments that I had where I knew that we're going to be okay. And that is why when she passed, I had no resentment. I had nothing unsaid. I was clear as the day, you know, yeah. I had everything. That's wonderful yeah. that you had that time mm. together. That's magical. Yes. That's great. Yeah. Grace to Anjali. What a, <laughs> you made my day. I had a rough day. You really made my day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you, you so thank much. Thank you. Your podcast, Breast Cancer Heroes Journey, you talk about the most magnificent things, optimism, the spirituality, the spiritual side of things, the positive brain. You got to get your brain in the right place. You mm -hmm. discuss Western medicine and Eastern alternative mm -hmm. treatments and therapies, I think it's mind-body has to be aligned in the right place in order to heal. 
Absolutely. And that's why that is one thing I advocate so much. I always say to people, it doesn't matter where you are in your journey. You could be first stage, you could be, you know, stage four, stage one. You need to get things right within your soul. You need to get things right into your spirit because once you have have put everything in place. You are your most authentic self. I say it all the time. When you become your most authentic self and you are honest and you are liberated within yourself, it doesn't matter what happens next. Because like I say to people, we don't know when our contract ends. We could all go through breast cancer and survive it and 25 years later get hit by a bus, four days later get hit oh by a train. God. We have no idea. So I, yeah. so I always so say to people, don't look at it as a, as a death sentence look at it as a way to heal yourself so I forgave myself first and then I forgave my parents and this is why I'm able to speak about this today and like I always say if it's still an open wound heal it when it's a scar you can talk about until the cows come home nothing changes so that's that's the one thing I advocate uh to a lot of women is be your authentic self love yourself so much so, so much. Thank you, Grace D'Angeli. Australia is ringing and shouting with joy, <laughs> and we've come all the way across the seas to America <laughs> and India and Europe and all over that this podcast is reaching out to people and, and talking and sharing stories of the role their mother played in their life. Thank you for joining me on Should Have Listened to My Mother. Thank you for having me and thank you for for your podcast as well because it's really important how um, we take so much from our mothers. You know, they they obviously have the most important role in our lives. So I appreciate your podcast and I appreciate uh, your listeners listening in to your podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. We'll be in touch soon. Grace D'Angeli, your name is beautiful. I could say it a hundred times. I'm Jackie Tantillo, and we will be back next week with another episode of Should Have Listened to My Mother. <laughs>